You can see my award-winning climate comedy show spoilers at a festival near you, provided you live near or are going to McCuncliffe or Wells Comedy Festivals. More dates added soon near you, conceivably, who knows what might happen. And if you are at Mac, come and see ComCom Redacted live at 4pm on the Saturday. Go to stuartgoldsmith.com and click the very attractive banner image to find out more. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is a podcast from comedianscomedian.com. This is the Comedian's Comedian Podcast. Welcome to the show. I'm Stuart Goldsmith. And before we go into this conversation, a very quick apology. We're actually recording this interview next to an open window that looks out onto a train station. So there's occasional noise from trains. But as you'll hear during the conversation, we only just managed to fit this meeting in at the very last minute before Phil was leaving the UK. So we had to make do. And uh, I think what I got, I think what we got out of this uh, is just an absolute load of intense, passionate, fascinating conversation about comedy. This is Phil Burgers, aka Dr. Brown. So we're in the fairly uh, Samuel Beckett style surroundings at the moment as we sit in yeah, this. Uh, yeah. Just to paint the picture for the listener, we're cool. in a, yeah, totally. A warehouse room in Hackney, overlooking yeah. a train station with no furniture. There is a, a a box, a cardboard box in front of us on which you're about yeah. to roll a cigarette. Yeah. As we uh, sit in the light sure. of one bare bulb. Yeah, <laughs> one bare bulb. Yeah, seriously. Ah. Oh, okay. You have just clearly hurried from somewhere. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, brother. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. That's cool. Are you all right? What have you been up to? I'm all right, dude. I'm just a bit fucking pissed off because I was supposed to go to Paris today to visit Philippe, my my the clown teacher, you know, Gaulier. And I yeah. fucking didn't do it, dude. So I'm really upset about that. Oh no. And I go home on Monday, and so I can't really see him for oh, a shit. while. So anyway, it was just a missed opportunity to yeah. give my gratitude to the, to the man, you know. Yeah. For having taught me so much and. You know, whatever success and all that that has happened, it's like, regardless of that, you know, but still, like, he, he's helped me to achieve that. And, sure. But even regardless of the success, he's just a good man, you know, he's yeah. given me a lot to, to learn and play with on the stage and all that. So okay. I just wanted to go fucking see the guy, just see him, give him a hug and a yeah. handshake, you know, handshake yeah, and, yeah. and tell him thank you. Yeah. When are you uh, back in this part of the world? When you probably gonna... not till March. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So and then and then it'll be busy times also. So I won't really. Sure. To... Anyway, dude, I just had sure. to get that off. My no, head. that's cool. That's cool. Well, let, I mean, we can. We, we'll we'll talk about uh, your training. We'll talk about Golia. I mean, I just yeah. for the benefit of the listener, just a bit of context. I I took part in your fabulous clown courses. Yeah. A couple that of weeks ago. That was a ago. difficult one, dude. That was was a that a difficult? One. I felt yeah. you were finding it difficult. I was finding it difficult. Man. On the last day, yeah. when that was... guy freaked out. 
in particular. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I wanted to say to you, hey, it's this is going fine. Like I, I felt know, like you, wanted you to say that. Everyone oh, wanted man. to say that to me. Yeah, I know. I shouldn't show that so much. You know, my sorry. Don't mean to show sure, no, myself. Um, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, I know. I needed to be more positive, you know. Yeah. Because I'm telling everyone, you got to stay optimist. And I was getting uh, pessimist. I was thinking it must you know? be so hard watching people fail over and over and over again. <sighs> given, given the nature of the work, there's a lot of failure, there's a lot of the shit before you get to the moments where you find it. Yeah. And, and I was thinking from the perspective of a person watching, I was like, I don't want to watch. I want to watch people succeed. But it's so painful watching people fail. Yeah. Yeah. And I was thinking, God, if you've been doing these workshops all week and like every day of your well, training life is, is no, watching but, people but struggle. that's it. It's like I, there was a lot of pressure I was putting on myself to and everyone else to succeed, you know, yes. because like after three days, you'd hope that people yes. were getting it, you know, and just a lot of people just I wasn't commute. I wasn't articulating it enough or sure. I wasn't creating the right kind of energy to, to have people succeed. Sure. How long you have know? you been teaching? How long have you been taking those workshops? Two years. Okay. Yeah. So you're fairly new to the process of I'm being fairly the, new, yeah. the person. But I've had really good ones, you know, and I just sure. came from a five day where it was so successful. So I was like, cool. Yeah. You know, this one's going to be great. And the thing is that we were dealing with a lot of standups and yeah. sketch and impro people, you know, who were really solid in their work. Yeah. So that's a fucking hard wall to break down absolutely you know? absolutely I mean yeah. I, I certainly found it very difficult I know there were other comedians other stand-ups known to me I'd expect I think I said to you at the time I wanted to turn up and make all my mistakes anonymously and I turned and I was like oh god, god I, I know half you. the people here yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, I, I certainly saw that having come from I mean I did some clowning work before I did stand-up and I didn't, I just felt like I was a stage where I no longer felt like I was sucking. I no longer hated myself when I failed. Do you know what I mean? I got to that stage. Yeah, I didn't great. hate myself anymore. Yeah. So for me, that was a huge, you know, sort of uh, yeah. uh, move forward. But equally, I could see people that are from my stand-up kind of background. Yeah. Who are really just clashing with it. And that yeah. guy who was an actor. Really clashing with it. Who was just, who see, and it's such a frustrating thing. It's such a painful thing to be up there and failing. That people want to lash out and go... Uh, you know they're not saying it but you can feel this emotion of going this isn't working help me more yeah, yeah fix yeah. this teach, yeah. teach me how to do stuff you're yeah. not telling me yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. that must be hard on your end to, yeah. to be able to stay optimistic and, and process that because what you're passing on the information you're passing on is yeah. so difficult Mm. Do, you know, it's not like you're going, here's a series of notes, you play them, there you go. It's like you're going, here's, yeah. here's magic. Yeah, magic, yeah, totally. But there are certain rules, you know, and tools you can use to, to get there that are very technical, I think, you know? Yeah. Um, like dropping it or something, feeling the audience, letting, letting them in, all that kind sure. of stuff, you know, responding to if they're not liking it, really responding to it. Yes. But yeah, it's just finding a pleasure in the failure, you know, yeah. and so many people have a hard time with that, especially coming from stand-up and sketch, you know, you're there to be funny and eh, look at me, I'm funny. And it's like, no, no, we want to see you fail and then you'll be funny, you know, yeah. not succeed and then you're funny. Yes, And absolutely. so it's different for people. I remember that was a note you gave me that I thought was really, really a accurate was every time I think think I have a good idea every time I go oh this they're laughing I'm safe now I'll do this it goes and just dies all over again yeah you, you have to keep the I don't know you know I don't know I don't know the yeah. humility the, yeah. the, the clown you know he's he, he knows it's gonna be funny but he's not sure he needs to give it to them sensitively sure you know he can't give it to them knowing that it's funny Yes, okay. You can know that it's funny. You can know that it makes you, you laugh and that it will be, and that worked last night and it was funny last mm -hmm. night, you know? And that it is funny every time mm -hmm. you do it. But you have to do it with 
a sensitivity, you know, and with a curiosity towards the audience and with a, um, yeah, sensitivity towards the audience, you know, mm-hmm. not, they, they're seeing it for the first time and how you deliver it to them has to be done in a certain way, you know, it can't be sure. done in a, look, this is funny. You know, yeah. it has to be like... It's got to be an offer. What about yeah, this? an offer. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, let, well, let's talk then a bit about Goliath. And I remember you saying during the classes that you struggled with it for the longest time in your in your own course. Uh, yeah, man. Same when you for were the there with, with John. Time, yeah. You were, you know, John picked it up really quickly. You were saying John yeah. Walton. Yeah. And you were struggling and struggling. So yeah. talk to us about that. I mean, in fact, before we get into that, yeah, how, did yeah. you, how did you bring yourself to, to Goliath? Were you... Was it a decision? I'm gonna go and learn clown. No, man. I was. I was doing a lot of different shit. You know, I was like, I was at that time. I was when I decided to go to school. I was living in in Italy and I was working as an assistant to a producer that made television adverts. Okay. You know, so I was like just a bitch of this woman who was a producer <laughs> okay. of television adverts. Okay. And it was cool, man. You know, it was fun. But then I got really bored with it. And I was doing production work and I didn't like it. And I got the job because in L.A. I was like producing short films and PAing on like big commercials and stuff okay. like that. But just okay. getting coffee and like moving sets around and stuff like, like that. And so I had the experience which got me that, that job. And I spoke Italian. Um, and so anyway... And then I had a couple weeks off, and and before that, you know, I was a I was a bicycle tour guide, and I was traveling and doing. My, How come you speak Italian? Because my you? mom's from Italy. Oh, okay. So gotcha. my whole family lives there. Okay, you know? gotcha. So yeah, I'd spent some. Time I had this there. sudden image of maybe like, oh, maybe you're this kind of rich kid who's been to finishing school and learned all these languages, and then become this. No, Is that, no, okay. No, 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 no. Just just for going there once in a while, you know, to visit sure, family. Sure, sure, sure. My mom's speaking Italian. Okay, gotcha. so. Um, so anyway, I, uh, I went to, I had two weeks off in this job in August and I went to Edinburgh, you know, because I, I loved performing and I had done it, you know, six, seven years ago in university once in a while, you know, I was okay. in plays and stuff like, like okay. that, but I didn't yeah. study it. Sure. Um, and, uh, and then, and so I was just like a repressed performer all the time doing like behind the scenes production stuff or doing other jobs, you mm-hmm. know? And uh, I went to Edinburgh, and I just saw all these shows that totally inspired me. You know, what? I was like, I want to be there. I want to be doing this. Show. I want to okay. be on stage. I want to be doing stuff. You know. Sure. What what, what things in particular? Stand well, out one for thing you? in particular was the show "All Wear Bowlers" um, by uh, I forget what the name is, but the two dudes from from America doing a clown show. Okay. Um, were you there in 2005? I, I, was, I was there, yeah, I was definitely there. I didn't yeah, they were doing it at the Aurora Nova. Okay, yeah. Do you remember that? That's where they, they have the Revo and all those guys, like foreign clown companies. Exactly, sure. exactly. So I saw these two guys doing a show. It was an hour and a half. They didn't talk. And they were wearing, like, bowler hats. They were kind of Charlie Chaplin dressed and just like a modern clown show. And, um... And I was blown away, you know, I was sitting there watching it like a little kid, like yeah. just so excited, you know, so pure, the, the feeling that I had watching them, mm-hmm. you know, just pure joy sure. that they were cre- creating for us. Yeah. And, um, and I was like, fuck man, dude, that's what I want to do. And I talked to them after, I talked to one of the guys, Jeff, after, and he told me, uh, I said, well, how did you learn this? And he's like, I studied with Lecoq. But Lecoq is dead. He's like, if you want to do this, it's clowning. You know, and I didn't really yeah. know about clowning. I, I also thought of it, I never uh, knew what clowning was. You sure. know, it was always like a... Yes, the word, even though if you, when you say clowning now, I told everyone, yeah. I'm going to go and, uh, someone who doesn't know you, I said, I'm going to interview this clown. Obviously, they think red nose. They yeah. Don't know, they yeah. don't know what the sort of... Uh, 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. And that's what I had the same, you know, perception of it. Sure. And, um, and then, so he said, yeah, this is clowning. And he's like, Lecoq is dead. But if you want to do clowning, you should go see this guy, Gaulier, in Paris. And so I just went that afternoon, went on the internet, on his internet site, saw it, like things he was saying on his internet site really spoke to me. And, and then I had a buddy in Paris and I had some money. And so I just moved there and quit, quit my job in Italy. Two weeks later, moved there, okay. started school. So like a thunderbolt, you just went, yeah, this yeah, is it. This yeah, is the stupidest move you could ever make. You know? <laughs> yeah, perfect. Just <laughs> in, impulse, impulse, yeah. which is the uh, world of clown, you know, it's, yes. like, it's all impulse. It's not thinking before you act, you know, it's acting and then thinking about it. Sure. Is that, can I just ask, is that something, is that a way you lived your life before? Or do you think that is your first, with that, that impulse to drop everything and do that? Was, that, no, the first, was yeah. that the first crazy impulse that you did? No, or you it was always, always like, I never held a job for more than like nine months or something, you know, sure. mostly for six months. So I just float from one job to the next and travel, go to Poland, taught English in Poland and, you know, just, yeah. Found so, a different job, went there. Sure. Yeah, well, I was always impulsive and I was always felt feeling bad about my impulses, you know, because they would always just lead to something short term, you know? Yes. And I, so I never really developed anything. So th then, those clown-like impulses that you were having even then were, uh, they don't fit into the real world. No, they, they don't. don't. They don't seem no. to, do they? No, no, they don't. It goes against everything, you know, that the real, this real world. Mm. Um, wants you to do, you know, sure. which is think and be sensible and, you know, be good and be successful and, you know, be the best and climb the ladder, all that kind of stuff. Sure. And it's like, no, the clown, he's, he falls off the ladder, you know, yeah, into yeah. the shit and he's down at the bottom. Kind of, you know, I'm still learning what it, what it sure. is, but it goes against so much of what the world is about, you know, and what performance has become about, you know, okay. it has become about impressing and being good and getting your shit right and, you know, doing well every night and not really showing your failure, you know, or your yeah. ugliness or your inabilities. But uh, that's more human, I think, you know, like we are failures. Sure. And so when you, when you say performance, that, you know? when you say performance has become like that, do you mean comedy in particular has become like that or all theater or? I think it has, you know, I, I mean, I'm a little bit like, cynical towards the whole comedy scene sure you know because it's all about impressing and being good and being funny and and, uh, and you never see like the real vulnerability of the per per performer you know the sure. humility of them and sure. the failure of them. I remember you said in the class it was like and you apologized to stand-ups in the class you were kind of you were saying about how uh, it, it was like feeding people tin spaghetti and coca-cola yeah. Do you know what I mean? Whereas like clowning is something richer, something really nourishing. Yeah, it's, it's homemade, you know, it's homemade yeah. food and it's not, it's not uh, presented so perfectly, you know, and it's sure. not so rich in its quality. It, it is rich, but it's made with love, you know, and made by the individual and they yeah. fucked up, but it's their joy to make the dish, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. um, it's done with pure joy, uh, this, this work, ultimately, you know, it's, it's these rules that I was talking about in the workshop were rules to help you, you know, do this kind of work. But afterwards, once you know the rules, you have to um, not think about them, you know, because they become second nature. Yeah. But what the driving force ultimately is your joy to be totally stupid, you know, and to be a complete idiot and to have fun to be with people and, and share this idiocy. Sure. You know, so it has to have joy sure. in there. 
And so if a dish is made with joy and uh, excitement and even if it's bad, you know, but you're happy to give it to people and to see if they like it, then, then it, it is rich, you know, and it is special um, versus like it's good every time and every, you know, canned sure. spaghetti, blah, 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 every, every can tastes the same and here it is. And okay. It's good, you know, quality tested, da, 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 da. So do you see, I mean, there's a lot of, we, I'm sure we can all think of kind of the sort of stand-ups maybe with people who are releasing DVDs where everything is edited and the best shots are taken and the, yeah. the stand-up you see on TV. Yeah. But you also mean in, in clubs as well. I mean, you came up doing yeah. clowning through the comedy clubs. Yes, through, through the comedy clubs. And, so, and yeah. so you found the same thing there, that you found there's a lot of stand-ups delivering the same perfect package night after night. Yeah, and it was, and it was boring to watch. You know, it was stale, it was... Yeah, even if it was good, there wasn't... A, a, a uh, humanity underneath, you know, like you didn't see them, uh, that you always saw them protecting themselves somehow mm. with their material, you know, or, or whatever, with their stage presence, you know, it all has like a protective, um, shield there. And, and I just, I don't want to see that. Like I want to see them, uh, open and, humble sure. and not knowing and do you, shy do you, or, you see know. any stand-ups that do that do you see those clown kind of attributes in any, absolutely any, yeah could you give us some examples people people that we might know that where you've seen a, a you, some sort of flavor you just of see like an idiot you know that's what you want to see is like this idiot <laughs> um yeah and so i don't know i mean richard Pryor or something but he's not around anymore but you know, like that, he was, he did stand up, but he was like, he just had idiocy in his eyes, you know, and he was just an idiot, the things that he was doing. And, um, I, I don't, you, you still see, I can't name him off the, off the bat, you know, but you still see, um, stand ups that, that are having just a good time, you mm. know, they're having so much fun to be stupid mm. and they're doing it through stand up, and, and that's, and that's cool, you know, but a lot of the times the stand up is kind of like, you know, rehearsed and. I don't know. Rehearse is okay, but just not not mad enough, not 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 crazy enough, not not risky enough, not uh, not special enough. You know, it's all just hitting the the marks that you're supposed to hit or something. Sure. Or like compares, you know, they have to banter with the audience in the beginning, yeah. and then there'll be seven get... and a half minutes of banter about these three subjects. Exactly, yeah. you know, yeah. start talking to audiences, and you were taught that, you know, ask the audience, and if you find something funny, then go with that, and then mm. okay, now the next guy's on, so let's start from this side of the room, let's get a big applause, and sure, let's move around sure. this side of the room. It's like formulaic and and stale, you know, and mm. there's no life in it. I, I think, yeah, and yeah, you just want to see the person's vulnerability, you know, and their idiocy. Like, everyone has their own idiocy. You want to see what's special to them. Yeah. But if you're trying to do all these things, you, you don't access it. You can't reveal that, you know. But I'm also maybe too cynical about it. Like, I don't know, you know. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like you've yeah. had the opposite of the, uh, the the experience where some people go, oh, I hate clowns because one of them scared me when I was a kid. Like, maybe, yeah. maybe some stand-up did something evil to you. Mm. No, you know, I just, you just see so much potential for, for idiocy, I, you know, in stand-ups, like, sure. uh, they're, but, but they're just protecting, you know, yeah. they have this protective yeah. mechanism that is not letting them, uh, access that, you know, we would, we would 
feel so much more if they were letting sure. us in on that. Sure. You know, so uh, it's like a frustration that, oh, just, you know, just drop it once in a while or let yeah. us see you fail or yeah, yeah. be happy not to know what's I going really, on. I can know? really relate to that from a car journey. I may have spoken about this on the podcast before, I don't remember, but um, a car journey I was on years ago with a mm. comic who was who was kind of very young and uh, was doing a show that was kind of, you know, on that night we were all in the car together. We talk about it afterwards. And, and that night he'd just done something that was very derivative and very formulaic. And then in the car on the way home, he was telling us these ridiculous stories about what he got up to in his normal life. Yeah. And me and the other comic were looking at each other, the other, like the third guy in the car, yeah, yeah. we're looking at each other going, it's rude to say, but like we can't tell him. Do you know what I mean? He got out of the car and we were like, yeah. oh my God, didn't you want to tell him? Just do that. Do that. Be do that. that. Be yeah. that idiot yeah. that you exactly. are. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's it. You so know? it's that frustration that you feel. Yeah. I mean, you must have been like the only clown on the bill. I mean, you came yeah, through yeah, the exactly. spot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you're the spot circuit in London. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Waiting for 15 people to go on before and then it's like, I could do my three sure. minutes, you know? And you just see there and, and you slowly just die watching them. <laughs> yeah, it's painful. Yeah, it's, it definitely it is. Painful. Even, even for those guys, it's painful. But for someone who's kind of who 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 sees like who sees the mistake they're all making, yeah, exactly. Who sees the, sim- the similarity of what they're all doing, they might be thinking, "Oh, that guy's got something on uh, bowler hats, or that guy's got something on cars, and I've got some material on cars. Oh, is that going to work? That's yeah. too similar." Yeah, but you're seeing it in a whole other level level of similarity. Yeah, yeah, totally. And that's what was frustrating, you know. And and even if they went up and failed, because often they would fail, you know, but. It, with the protection and it's like if they would fail but they were searching and you know discovering and and trying and curious about what could work um and risking you know really mm. risking some themselves you know not their material not just their material but themselves to look mm. bad to be to fail really taking that that risk then and it would fail it would have been okay you know but um I'm just I'm yeah. just trying to put myself in the mindset of other comedians of stand-up comedians listening to this and wanting to because you're you're so loved on the stand-up circuit now. I mean you've really set fire to the place you know in in the last few shows that you've done you're one of those people about whom a lot of comics are going holy shit have you seen there's this whole other thing you can do yeah yeah do you know what I mean yeah. that's kind of been recognised hence the, you've got lots of comics turning up to your workshops yeah and, and wanting to try and learn what that thing is to get a little and, bit of that yeah uh, yeah and I, I'm trying to put myself in the mindset of a comedian maybe who hasn't seen you or who is more um, more successful down that route of doing the kind of the package prepared rehearsed yes. kind of stuff yes and wonder how they I'm just wondering from their point of view how can we sort of unpack this a bit more so they can get something useful from it because I can imagine someone listening to this and and just kind of going well he, he just doesn't like stand up or he doesn't yeah, like comedy exactly. and I don't yeah. think I don't think that's really getting to the to the heart of it but um, it's I mean, when, when you're something in, in your work obviously something you mentioned before is you it's not all about failure it's about being prepared to fail mm. in the creation of work yeah. such that you do have I mean when you do your show at Edinburgh you yeah. know what the show is you yeah. have a, a, yeah. a, 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 a physical script that you're following even absolutely yeah. verbal. precisely you know, so you're making and rehearsing thing. stuff and every yeah. night it's the same thing yeah. so how do you find that freshness each time so it doesn't start to feel packaged you know if someone mm-hmm. could level yeah. the same accusation at you and say well yeah. Dr. Barrett I saw him two nights running and he did the same thing yeah. what's the what's the yeah. difference there I mean I think you know I, I what I'm going to say now might not be like the the deeper answer the right answer sure. you know I don't even know if there is one but right now the response that I would give is um 
I play the audience every night. You know, it is a relationship that I have to the audience. It is, you know, without sounding too wanky, it is like a sacred relationship that you have with the audience. And the audience is an innocent child, you know, and so are you and you guys are discovering each other and learning how to love each other and be together and please each other. You know, you're trying to please them and their laughter is pleasing you. And so it is a discovery with this audience every night, you know, and every night it's a new audience. So every night you come to play a new audience. And so that's fresh, sure. you know, like, um, like if you give someone a massage, you know, you, you always start in the neck and you move down to the lower back, whatever, and you do, you always get the same spots. Mm. But everyone you give a massage to is different. You know, they have yeah. different points yeah. that they need more work on. And so you have to be sensitive to every person, even if you do the same technique, yeah. you know, the same kind of massage, it's like, they're different. And, um, and it's a discovery, you know, and a discovery of a relationship with the audience versus coming in and doesn't matter who the audience is you just give them your material sure. you know you just sure. plant your flag in their country and say mm -hmm. this is who i am this is what i do and you better like it you've got to get yeah this is what it is so get over it this is yeah. what it is yeah versus you could still have this is what it is but i'll give it to you gently you know and i'll see if you like it and give it to you with that kind of sensitivity again mm -hmm. and um and so it's about letting the audience in to you, you know, into your world, letting them in, receiving the audience. Yeah. And so much of this other work, not just in cinema, but even in theater, is so much about giving and there to give to and the transmitting audience. Transmitting your, your exactly. ideas. Your ideas. This is, these are my ideas, you know, sure. versus like, whoa, dude, this is who I am. Come in. Oh, no. Yeah. You, you know, it's a receiving energy versus a giving energy. And sure. by receiving, I think you end up giving more, you know, like a good listener gives more, you know, than just someone who's always talking or something. Um, so, yeah, man, I mean, I think it, it could also be that, like, you can be really good technically at stand-up, you know, and you can have your package material and, and you can have fun with it and it fulfills you, you know, and that's fine. You don't have to go by these rules at all, but um, I think you you can actually um, have more of an impact on the audience if you apply some of these rules to it. Yeah. You know, but but also it could just be it could just not be your thing. You know? Sure. Sure. Yeah. So there's there's too much to say about this. Uh, we're definitely going to do part two of this sometime soon. We there's a lot left unsaid, a lot of other stuff to talk about. I I could talk to Phil for a long time, and as you'll hear, I'm sure he could talk uh, uh, until the cows come home about uh, about his art. Um, to stand ups, I would say this is either going to ignite your passion for finding a new kind of freedom and joy in your work or it's really just going to piss you off um <laughs> what excites me uh, about this this conversation is not just phil's focus on discovery on discovering joy on that childlike approach to on on, on uh, listening listening to an audience rather than transmitting to them trying to actually be on receive which is something that that is very difficult to do in performance and also in conversation. I mean, we're all sick to death of uh, our fellows and ourselves banging away and banging on conversationally. And how many people do you know who are just on, on transmit all the time? And really, you start to see that in people's work as well. It's very interesting to see someone listening on stage, to see someone being fascinated 
by the audience rather than trying to fascinate them. So um, uh, it's not all those things that excite me particularly, but also that we cover in detail some of the specific steps that Phil takes to create his work. He's, he's got such an inspiring approach, but it's a pretty detailed interview, so I'm going to try and let it speak for itself. Three quick plugs before we go back in, two of them for other people's stuff for once. That's a nice change. Do you remember the uh, people at Ants that turn food into shit, man, from episode two? That was a wonderful Dan Evans, amazing comedian. Uh, he's written an excellent book. It's in the form of case studies from his fictional detective character, D.I. Snaith. Uh, you can go to danevans.info for more information uh, or to buy it or to read it or download it or listen to it or stuff. Um, all, all sorts of things. All the links are at danevans.info, which is a brilliant, apparently an award-winning website. But the link is there for the casebook of D.I. Snaith. It's just crammed with really good, really funny stuff. Just joke after joke after joke. So have a look at that. That's Dan Evans' book. Uh, and while we're on the subject of other people being funny, do go to joecaulfield.com and look for Things I've Learned as a Comedian, which is a brilliant series of written interviews that Joe's done with comics. Uh, basically, what happened was Joe came to this whole idea way before me, and I wish I'd thought of the, the written one myself. But I, I think her site and this show are quite good companion pieces, really. Uh, her thing really gives people room to breathe, and as a result, the stuff she gets is very articulate, very, very funny, and uh, and just comes in a, a, a possibly a more convenient form of just being able to read it. Um, so Joe is definitely on the list for when I get back to the UK in May, if she'd, uh, if she'd like to. It'd be great to have Joe on the show. She's very, very funny, very intelligent. Um, apologies for uh, last week's Funny for No Money being impossibly difficult. I got a bit carried away. Turned out weather and monsters are pretty difficult to link together. Nonetheless, we had some very fine entries. Uh, the... Uh, I, I think in the past I've read out loads and loads of them. There's no need to do that because you can just look on the hashtag funny for no money. But uh, we're just going to cover this quickly. The runner-up this week was Andy McH with Anti-Cyclops. Brilliant. Uh, but the winner was Rivetmaster, who I think we've mentioned before. Uh, this is uh, at Rivetmaster with a winter dew with a vampire. Now, that's just brilliant. <laughs> that's a work of genius. So, uh, Rivetmaster, you win a free ticket to James Acaster on Comedians Comedian Live on Wednesday, the 6th of February. Send me an email, uh, info at comedianscomedian.com, and we'll sort out your ticket. Well done, you. And for the rest of you, you can still buy tickets to James Acaster at that event on, uh, on Wednesday, the 6th of Feb. Just go to comedianscomedian.com and there's a, there's a ticket link there. You can buy tickets to come and see James do half an hour of stuff. I'll host, we'll have a guest spot as well. Uh, and then in the second half, we're going to go into detail with James and a conversation about the stuff he's just done, how the gig went, how the bits came together. So really to get the most out of that, come and see the live show. We will podcast some of the interview, but uh, but I think that'll be a really interesting way of, uh, way of seeing the show. So now it's back to the wonderful Phil Burgers, a.k.a. Dr. Brown. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, I think also, um, without sounding too harsh, you know, and biased or something or cynical towards the standard thing. Feel free to. <laughs> uh, uh, this is just a theory, you know, which I don't necessarily stand by, but it could be, I think that stand-ups are repressed clowns, you know? They're just like people who, who have idiocy and see the world through idiocy, yeah. but unfortunately they've fallen into this formula, you know, that, that hides a little bit of that, yeah. you know, and that doesn't let them express that enough and sure. find joy in that. So I think they all have it, comedians, you know, or stand-ups. They all have it, but it's just about letting that come out a little bit, letting us into that. And, yeah. and right now... That doesn't happen a lot. No. You know, it doesn't happen a lot. And so that's what's frustrating. And it, it feels like that, that is allowed to happen less and less as the industry exactly, continues yeah. to explode. Yeah. And the rewards become far more and yeah, greater and more exciting. Yeah, it's, it's and about, yeah. It's money and it's a career and it's all, all those sort of things. Yeah. You have to, what, what a lot of people selling is, is their, their percentage. And I, I don't know if I've said this before, but I, a way I sometimes make myself feel better about my nerves before a stand-up gig yeah. is I think to myself, I'm not paid to be here to be excellent. Yeah. They're paying for me to be the percentage that I am likelihood of being excellent. Uh -huh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah, if yeah, I'm yeah. like, you know, because I'm here for yeah. 200 pounds rather than 350 pounds, yeah. that means I'm a 70% comedian. They're paying uh -huh. for a 70% chance of it working. Yeah. Um, which is kind of a sort of a sop really to, to let myself go, hey, if it goes badly, that's all right. Uh -huh. But, I think what a lot of people are paying for on the on the bigger commercial circuit is we're paying you four and a half thousand pounds for this corporate gig because there is a hundred percent chance but that you will get be it right. Yeah, we're yeah. putting it on TV and yeah. we're going to take out all of the little percentage bits where you didn't get it right. Uh -huh. So yeah. so I I think what if I'm turning this into a question? I think that you are the sort of person who had your profile not exploded in the last couple of years. Yeah, you wouldn't care at all. Mm, You'd be quite yeah. happy following your thing and yeah. just as long as you've got enough. You know, to get for, by, yeah. to get by, yeah, that's you, yeah. Now, can someone who is in a position like me, for example, where I rely on the money I make from stand up, yeah, what would be your advice to someone going, hang on, maybe there's something more important out there? Should I bin it off and get another job to pay the bills? Uh -huh, uh -huh. Do you know what I mean? Should yeah. I be a hippie and travel yeah. and walk the earth, yeah, in, in, you know, in order to, to, to more accurately kind of pursue this thing? Because yeah. you can. It's not even a real question. It's just I can see. Yeah, I, I think that's a brilliant perspective. It's, it's a repressed clown. I, I completely uh -huh. see that. Yeah. Um, but I think you can see why people become uh, repressed. Absolutely, absolutely, man. The industry is not conducive to exploration. You know, experimentation, discovery, curiosity. You know, it require it puts pressure on you to have a product. And that is not conducive to, to being an artist, you know? An artist doesn't know, we don't know, no one knows what's going on, you know? We're just here to explore and share our joy with each other, I think, you know? Mm. Versus to achieve something or succeed at something or impress you with something. Mm. And unfortunately, so much of the industry functions on your ability to succeed or achieve or impress. And, um, yeah, man, I, I don't know, I think... I think not having that pressure, like it was easy for me to go on stage and fail and be okay with failing because I didn't need this, you know, like I was happy to pursue this, 
But if it didn't work, sure. I was happy not not to go find something else. Yeah, okay. You know? So I was just looking for joy, you know? I just okay. wanted to find joy in it. And uh, I think people, audiences, respond to your spirit, you know? Not to your abilities, necessarily. Okay. And the more you show your spirit, you know, the more you're free to be what whoever you are and to have fun being that, you, you, you reveal more spirit. And people receive that and uh, react to that yeah. and yeah. Um, getting it right and being doing well and doing all that covers a bit the spirit you know I'm repeating a little bit what sure. I said so it's like if you're in it to to find freedom you know and to find joy in the work and if it doesn't work cool you know uh, you'll find something else there are alternatives um, if you're in it for that, I think you will approach every gig as an opportunity to find joy and share it with the people and fail and it's okay, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. But if you're in it because you want the TV show or because you need to do the, you need to make a living with it as a comedian, mm -hmm. da, 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 it's, it's that word need. I think yeah, whether need. it's needing yeah. a TV show or needing yeah. a career or yeah. needing people to respond to, to love, and love yeah. you and approve yeah. you needing a bunch of strangers in a room somewhere to approve you that's what cripples it the, 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 a clown still wants that you know he still sure. wants to please the, the people he's not just doing it for his own sake you know he wants to give something he wants to be and when people don't like it he feels the pain of them not, not mm -hmm. liking it but he allows them into that pain yeah. you know yeah. so he's still there to please and he still needs their love but he's not dependent on it you know or I, personally like I wasn't dependent so mm -hmm. much on it because I just saw alternatives. Like, I'm not from London. You know, I could go back to California. I could teach. I could go back to bicycle tour guiding. You know, I don't know. Learn how to build things. Like, the world has so much to offer, you know. Yeah. And all, yeah. this, all this was was an opportunity to play and to, to share your play with people in your imagination. But play within your imagination and share it. But even if you're doing a different work, you can always play, you know, with people. You can yeah, always okay. find joy. You can always be imaginative sure. and silly. Sure. So this this work isn't rescuing you from something in the way that I sometimes feel like stand-up for me, and rightly or wrongly, I feel like it's, I'm, oh, my God, I found my thing. I was wandering in the wilderness and I was unhappy, and now yeah. I found a thing. It's rescued yeah. me. Yeah. And so now sometimes I feel like I'm carrying that weight on stage with me, like this gig has to go well. Yeah, because, because if not, there's nothing else. If not, there's nothing else, yeah. exactly. Whereas yeah. you're, uh, you know, you're like, well, I'll, you know, I'll go and build something. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, what, what a place to be in spiritually. Yeah, to, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I think you need to come to that place a little bit, you know, and you need to see the work as an opportunity to um, to free yourself, you know, or to um, become more open as a human being or to give something to the world, you know. But so much of it is about your career now and making yeah. enough money so you can buy a house, so you can have a family, so you can afford school for your children or something, you know, sure. nah, nah. And, and then it's, it's not a human evolution thing, you know, it's a yeah. very, like, egotistical... And I don't mean so in a negative way. It's like we are all out for our egos now. But the world is just set up like that. Yeah. As opposed to like, whoa, man, this work is about d freedom, you know, and discovering that freedom. You might not achieve it this lifetime or whatever. It's mm -hmm. So anyway, it's, it's, um, it's getting away from like a product men mentality, you know, and an industrial mentality, and a commercial mentality, which suffocates the artist. You know, sure. because the artist needs to feel free to discover and play and fail and uh, mm. and take risks and be willing to show everything to the audience and um, 
Yeah. And is this anyway. is this view of yours about the artist and the, 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 the job, the function of the artist in society, the requirements of the artist, is that something that you felt before or is that something that started from your work with Goliath? It started from my work with Goliath. Okay, and yeah. that, so that really changed your life, doing that training. Would you say that changed the way you look at the world it, or it, it resonated with how you didn't realise before that you looked at the world or something like yeah, that? Yeah, well... It started with Goliath, and then from doing it, you know, doing the circuit and performing every time and going to Australia and taking breaks, mm-hmm. not always doing it. I think that's yeah. important also. Yeah. Like, you need to live a little bit, go travel or do something different to feed your life, you know, sure. and to find joy in your life elsewhere so that you can bring that joy to people. So, um, but the seed was planted in the school of Goliath, you know. Um, but yeah, I think... I think when I first started school, I was very much, uh, I'm a lively guy, you know, I, I'm a funny guy with my, with my friends, I got a lot of good spirited energy, you know, sure. and so I'd come on stage, and I'd be funny, I'd be imaginative, so I'd come on stage and I'd give that to people, and I'd give it insensitively, you know, but, but yeah, really wanting to show that I was... Yeah, this like guy, like a stand-up. Yeah, like ways. a stand-up. Yeah, yeah. Come look at my funny yeah. idea. Yeah, 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 come look at me, man. I'm always like full of energy and happy, and here, here it is, you know, take it, take mm-hmm. it. And, um, and he just beat that out of me a little bit and he taught me, you know, how to receive more, you know, and to be sensitive and to not know how I was funny and to discover it with the audience and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, so that whole switch happened, you know, because I think it's like a reverse Mm. thing of mm. it's unlearning isn't it it's unlearning the stuff you learned before or the stuff the world taught you yeah is it do you think I'm not putting words in your mouth uh, it is a lot of unlearning it's even it's unlearning what your whole idea of performance is you know which is to impress and I think a lot and it's like okay no no, no. it's to give but this is like the reverse it's to receive you know so it's learning how to 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 do the contrary flow, you know, like you think it's come on, give, 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 but now it's like, okay, no, come on, receive, receive the audience, receive the the energy of the audience. And then from there, go with that energy and build into your imagination and your play and all that. And um, yeah, so, but I've never been, you know, I've always, that's why I jumped from job to job because I was just looking for a way to be free, you know, yeah. and and living in society is not free somehow, you know. For me, like I never felt free in it. I always felt constrained and sure. repressed by it, and uh, you know, there's a lot of just fucked up things about it. I sure. think that are not conducive to us just being yeah. human beings that don't know and want to discover each other and want to love and. I want to, you know, it's cool. We can all chill out and just have a good time. Like, we don't all have to go get things and achieve and arrive and, you know, an hour here. Because that's what everything, that's what all industries have have become about. And the pure joy of doing it um, has left, you know, because there's not enough room for um, people to do that. You know, that's why there's like 10,000 stand-ups and only, you know, a thousand that are making a living at it or something. Sure, sure. And so there is that pressure, but... Unfortunately, society is like that, but I was fine to relieve myself of that pressure because there were other alternatives. I mean, it seems like you, you seem happy. It seems like this, this is, this is a thing for you that you've discovered. Do you feel lucky to have found your thing in this way? Do you, do you feel like without finding this, you'd have, you'd have continued having impulses and... Yeah, I would still be be searching, you know, Yeah, but I might have found some, something else, Sure, you know. 
But I mean, it does seem like a perfect thing for someone with that that kind of mentality, that kind of spirit, that kind of approach to the world. Yeah. To discover, oh wow, I'm I'm a clown now. Yeah. And this is, or I mean, I don't know if you call yourself a clown, but uh, mm. you know, you you you're on this path. Yeah. And, and it's working. You and know. it's working. Yeah. yeah. And it fits into the philosophy, you know, that I'm discovering and sure. developing. And, um, yeah, but that being said, dude, I'm also still happy if it doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, even now that it's working, it's like, there's also some negative things that, that, that can come with it, you know? Cool. And... Oh, I, I don't know, but maybe you start to do well and then there's like pressure to do well or something or people yeah. come up to you and all that and they, they give you praise and it's like sometimes too much praise can not be so good for oneself. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, too much. And, and that's why like I'm going home now to get away from it all for a couple months and just to... So I think it's good to feed your life with other things, you know, to bring you back down to earth and all right. that kind of stuff because this shit can put you up, you know, on a pedestal and that kind of defeats the whole purpose of what we're doing you know like as i said the clown he's down in the shit all the time and it's like yeah the minute you're on a pedestal you're higher you're higher than everyone and it's like you know mm-hmm. you need to go low and that oh, putting people high is like an illusion of he you know people i think also sure. that that was a very positive element of the workshop as i said having, having studied with a different with a few different clown teachers mm-hmm. over a period of about 10 years mm-hmm. i really liked the your openness and i really enjoyed how you said do you know what if, if i did these exercises i would probably fail them as well yeah because yeah. the exercises are to encourage you to fail yeah, yeah. They're, they're impossible tasks in yeah. some ways you know so that we can see you struggle yeah yeah and, totally and so to accept that you're one of us uh-huh, that way, yeah that was yeah. very positive i thought that yeah was, uh, yeah, but you're happy to fail, you know, you're yeah. okay with it. And right now, we're, we're not okay with failure. Let's talk about making work and how you make a show, how mm. you make your sets. When you, were doing, uh-huh. when you were doing open spots, however many years ago, a few years ago on the, on the London comedy circuit, you were doing five-minute or seven-minute spots. What, yeah. what kind of material were you doing in those days for people I- that didn't see you? Uh, I was like telling really surreal jokes, okay. you know, um, so I was speaking and then I would have a bit of physicality my character. It was more of a character then, you know, it was like much more reserved and, um, and yeah, so he was talking and then, you know, uh, I'd come on and just tell these surreal jokes that had a bit of physicality, but very minimalist, you know, and very held back, um, subtle and then you know I started to do something with like a handkerchief like a magic trick with a handkerchief midway through the set through a five minute set Mm. and then and then uh, I would come on also and take a little bit of time to say good evening or something and so I'd take like 10 seconds before I actually said something or half an hour you know I'd have like an awkward moment with the microphone before I could say anything and then I had a hard time actually coming out with it and then I, people were kind of giggling there and I had their attention. So then I was like, okay, maybe I'll do the handkerchief joke before I say anything, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. so then it was like me struggling to say something and then I came out with a handkerchief. So I still hadn't said anything okay. and did a little joke with a handkerchief and then people were laughing. So two minutes later, I hadn't said anything and it was funny, you know? Okay. And then, and then it was prop-based. I started bringing out props and talking about them, like doing a banana trick, but talking about mm-hmm. it. And then 
Um, yeah, so five minutes slowly became seven, slowly became ten, and every day on the way to the gig, you know, I'd find a little prop and play with it on the train ride and then present it in front of the audience mm -hmm. and play with it in front of the audience also. I was always playing the audience, you know? Sure. So you weren't kind of, were you having ideas? Were you finding a prop and going, oh, I could do this with it? Yeah. Were you finding an interesting thing and then improvising with it? I, I, would, I would find the prop and be, oh, I could do this with it, Yeah. yeah. And then uh, think it was funny, so then I'd do it in front of the audience. And then if it worked, and I f felt free to have a new impulse yeah. to bring to it in front of them, I would do it and discover more with sure. them, you know? Because that's usually where the real discovery happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and then, you, you want some more water, Dan? Uh, yeah, I'll yeah, just take some. More. Cheers, take it. Um, and then, basically, so I went to Edinburgh with this 25-minute set on the Free Fringe, you know, I shared a bill with someone. Um, this was after about like six months on the circuit here. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I went, I did 25 minutes where I spoke most of the time, you know. But f the first like four or five minutes were, were kind of silent, me doing stuff. And then, and every day there, I would discover more and I'd find props around Edinburgh and I'd play with them in the show and I'd, you know, m make it slowly more more physical. And then I came back and did, did the circuit again. In between, I was also working as a tour guide. So I'd make okay. all my money tour guiding for a couple months and then come back and do Edinburgh or okay. something. Okay, okay. Um, and then the same thing happened the next year, but I booked myself a one-hour free fringe gig. And it was still lots of spoken stuff, but I was playing more. And I had done the Brighton Fringe and the Prague Fringe, so I set up one-hour platforms for me to play okay in, okay you know and that's where all the work would happen is and that's what our teacher sure. would tell us is like the work you do is with us yeah. you know in front of an audience so you weren't rehearsing ever you never went to no a i never went, rehearsed went through your stuff no never no i just write down um banana handkerchief golf clubs so mm -hmm. that i remember okay yeah, i do the thing with the banana mm -hmm. i do the thing with the handkerchief do that but i'd never write it you know um and then in that hour the next year I started to dance a little bit. I had this music bit. And then so I had five or six minutes where I wasn't talking in the beginning. And over that process in Edinburgh, that six minutes became like 15 minutes every okay. night. You know, okay. it was like expanding without sure. saying anything. And are these, when we're talking about the process, are we talking about like, were you killing it every night or were you, was it up and down? What sort of reactions were you getting from the audience? It was, I was lucky, man. Like I was getting really positive okay. responses, you know, but I was playing... I was using the tools that I learned in school, you know, I was letting everyone in all the time. Mm. So they were laughing at me mm. more than they were laughing at my material. Yes, okay. So they okay. were happy to spend an hour with me, this idiot, sure, you know, who was sure. searching and sensitive yeah, and a bit silly with his ideas. Yeah. Um, so they weren't coming to see my, my material. Mm -hmm. my, my, my material was also helping, but it was, they were happy to be with me because I yeah. was applying these tools that I'd learned, you know, to, I had the vulnerability and the idiocy that people were laughing at. Sure. You know, and yeah, so I had really good response. Of course, some people just hated it, but yeah. people were coming back, you know, to see it and all that kind of stuff. Okay, within within one run. Yeah, one within one, one, one run. Sure. And because they they'd feel that it was always developing, I mm. think, and so they come, they'd see it the next night and all that kind of stuff, and um, yeah, so I developed like a little bit of a fan base, I guess, in Edinburgh, and I did that one hour show the, that next year after doing the twenty five minute one. And that really developed. And then I brought that to Australia. Yeah. You know, and did the Adelaide Fringe and Melbourne Comedy Festival and then like some little bits in Sydney. And, and that's when I actually brought 15 minutes of silence to 
30 minutes of silence, you yeah, know, because okay. I found more props to play with and more things to do without speaking. And, and I was more comfortable there, you know, after trying it and trying it more and more. Yes. And, yes. Okay. And then I, so I developed that one hour show over Australia and then I brought that to Edinburgh. Okay. So when, when, you say, when you say you were developing it, were you ever working with anyone else? Did you go no, with the director? No, the, the audience, ever... just okay. the audience. Okay. The audience was my director. Sure. And a sensitivity to the audience. Yeah. Ah, they're dying here. I need to give them something, you know? Sure. Oh, they like this? Okay, I give them more. Sure. You know, so it's always following the impulses of the audience or this dialogue I was having with them. You know, I'd give them something, they'd, they'd respond, I'd give it back, or mm. I'd, I'd retract. Did you ever have, along this process, did you ever have ones where they were just stone cold and you couldn't, you couldn't, yeah, 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 totally. So, and, and you so, have your shit gigs, you know. Sure. And then you had a great gig the night before, yeah. and then so you come on, you think you're all great. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally yeah, yeah, yeah. So when it when it's going badly, you're presumably still trying to make those offers. You're still trying to be sensitive, and yet all you're receiving must be sometimes we hate you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So and what, how do you cope stay with that? You've you got to stay optimistic in that. You you have to, you know, or you just laugh at it. You're able to laugh at it more. The more it happens, the more you're able to just laugh at it. You Know, and not be like, oh, like not panic. Yeah. That it's your first impulse is to panic, mm. you know, and then and the gig just like digs itself into a hole. But yeah, I don't. Um, I, I I had many bad 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 gigs, you know, but I learned a lot from from them. You learn so much from your bad gigs. Yes, yeah, sure. You know, and so that was definitely part of the process. But you'd always have some fan in there or something, like someone who was getting it, and then you'd feed off them. Yeah, okay. You know, you'd try to at least. Yeah, okay. okay. But yeah, of course you'd get dis disheartened, you know, when Steve Bennett showed up and like. <laughs> And, and you fall into the system, you know, you're like, oh man, like, oh, there's a comedy award person here. Like, oh well, shit, maybe my show is good, you know? Yeah. And yeah. You, you, you do get caught up in that system, you know? Um, it's but, great to hear that you you can admit to getting caught uh, up yeah, in that as well. Dude, I'm not a fucking like sure. uh, hero or anything, you know, like I'm just sure. as sensitive and in it as everyone else is, yeah. you know, and I want success also. Okay. But but at the same time, I'm okay if, if I don't have sure. it. Sure. But, but then as soon as people start kind of offering it to you and go, oh, look, there might be an, an award or something. Yeah. It is. You, can, you, you can can't help just but fucking give a shit You can also go, it. oh, really? I can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. oh, man, maybe, maybe those comedy awards. And then I get the thing and I don't have to do bicycle tours anymore you know sure, like I could just sure, be doing sure. this and I had, that, I had that in my first year the first hour I did in Edinburgh three years ago now when uh, I had I was in a happy little zen bubble I just I just thought to myself this, none of this matters I'm just doing it for me this yeah. is a gift I'm giving myself yeah. to come and do my show here yeah. and then the day before the awards a couple of different uh -huh. people yeah. nudged me and said you must be excited about tomorrow yeah fingers crossed and I was like what no don't tell me don't tell yeah. me oh, no yeah. and then yeah. I had a shitty couple of days while I didn't yeah. win anything and well, I didn't get nominated well, well you care too much exactly I started yeah. caring yeah man dude that's happened to me this year even yeah. it actually didn't happen to me in Edinburgh um, but uh, it happened to me in Melbourne because I got the Barry Award in Melbourne. Sure. And the minute I was nominated for it, I knew these judges would be coming. Like yes. before, I, I don't want to know when judges are yes. coming. I'm not going to change my fucking show because I know there's a judge coming. Yeah. You know, what's with that? Like, I don't know why comics like to know that judge. Okay, bam, I got to be extra on it tonight. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, Surely, no, you yeah. have to be extra on it every night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, you, yeah. you have to have fun every night. You yeah. know, you don't even have to be on it. You just have to fucking have a good time. I find that I don't want to know. I, I, I feel like the presence of a judge that sounds like the opposite of fun yes that's totally. the opposite of an enjoyable yeah some guy with his arms crossed like telling, saying if you're good or bad you know yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. last thing and you want face, and that face you can sometimes see yeah. someone who's kind of looking at you like like they're reading the show rather yeah. than experiencing it yeah they're trying yeah and that's yeah and that's unhealthy 
really un- unhealthy that whole concept you know and that's yeah, so part of the industry and like people come in to be like mm, he's good no he's not good as opposed to an offering of hey man this is my silly idea I have a good time to be with you mm. it's hard to get to that purity mm. you know because there's so many things I want to like come that get in the way of it the judges the money the blah 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 you know the career the future whatever um, the people like this but ultimately man ultimately it's purity you know you just want the pure joy and fun to share your stupid ideas or your stupid way of seeing the world with the audience and that's it judge or no judge you know money or no money it's about giving yeah. that offering that you know yeah and um anyway yeah so when i did the so i'll just take you quickly through sure yeah thing. yeah so, yeah back to the thing so uh, i went to uh australia and really developed there because the work i did was was on the stage Mm. You know, so it's every day learning, trying, impulsing, seeing with the audience, do they like this, having a good idea before and seeing if it worked and playing with it and just playing. It was like, it was a studio to practice, mm. you know, that's mm. how I approached performing. Yeah. It was a studio to practice. It was a practice. It was not a product, you know, it was not to show here, this one, it was a, okay, let's discover new things here. Let's see what, 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 yeah. what we can make. And, um, and I was giving comps, you know, I was getting people in, I was passing the hat at the end, even in Australia, just to get audiences so I could have yeah. people to bounce yeah. off. And then I brought that to Edinburgh, you know, where John Walton produced me. Yeah. And I brought that to the proper fringe. This is two years ago. This was my third year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and did that out. And I had 30 minutes of no speaking. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay, yeah, this is cool. Yeah. And then I finished at Edinburgh and I was like, okay, I'm going to do a new show. So that one hour show was an evolution yes. of the first five minutes I was doing on the yes, circuit sure, speaking. Sure. But those jokes had gone now by this yeah. hour, you know. And then the next year, I started gigging. You know, I was gig- after Edinburgh, September came, I started gigging and I found a Starbucks outfit and, I f- and all this stuff. And I was playing with it on the circuit, just fucking around, uh-huh. just discovering, you know, discover. I wasn't there to get it right, right away. Yeah. You know. And and then I went to Australia via Hong Kong, where I done my I did a couple nights of my show in Hong mm-hmm. Kong, and I found a kimono on my way to Australia to the airport, you know, in Hong Kong. And I brought the kimono, and I found these like Chinese opera masks, and I brought my Starbucks outfit, and I brought a sausage and a couple other props that I had learned doing the circuit, yeah. you know. Okay. Um, and then and then I just went to Australia, did the Adelaide Fringe, and just played with these ideas mm-hmm. and I didn't have a show at all, you know, mm-hmm. and just experimented, played with all these ideas I had and found other things and had impulses on stage. And when something worked, I tried it again the next night and I built on that. And by the end of Adelaide, I had a show, you know, four weeks later that, cause I practiced yeah. in the studio, yeah. you know, with the audience and always listening to the audience. always feeling it. I was having stupid impulses. always looking for my pleasure to be an idiot, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I'd lose that often, but I knew that's where the path I, I the road I needed to be on. Yeah. You know, it's like, if I'm not having any fun, look for your fun. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't feel stupid, look for your stupidity. If the audience is dying, keep them alive with uh, some, something and, um, with an impulse. And then, um, yeah, then I brought that and hammered that show in, in the Melbourne Comedy Festival and then came back to England and chilled out, you know, did, did some work, did some, uh... I think I went back to tour guiding that, mm-hmm. that year and did some festivals in the summertime. But I wasn't like, 
okay, do previews, you know, come on, get the show right, get the show right. Yeah, okay. I, I was lucky enough to have done Australia to have the yes. show. Yeah, and yeah. now I just wanted to have a good time, you know, so I could bring joy into, sure. into the show. Oh my god, you know? imagine, I'm just imagining comedians listening to this thinking, oh yeah, imagine if you finished your previews in June, and you spent July enjoying yourself. So that when you went up to Edinburgh, you were in a good you mood. You fucking fucking revolutionary. Out, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. No, honestly though, yeah. and and that's how I went to Edinburgh this year, man. I, you know, I, when I get the fucking award or what, what, yeah. what, whatever, you know, like, like so this year. So this is the next year. So uh, so Edinburgh last year, I, I did this show and it went 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 well. You know, no awards or anything, and that, I was fine with with mm-hmm. that. And then, and then I came back to the circuit and I was bored doing material, you know, yeah. I was bored thinking of things. So I just wanted to go up because it was exciting and risky and challenging to go up with nothing and just play, you know, and see if I found anything. And I was, and really I was just lazy also. Like I just didn't <laughs> okay. want to think about it. I was tired of it. Yeah. You know, I wasn't so passionate about it. So I just go up and fuck around and it was kind of working. I was like, all right, cool. So every gig I would do, I just fuck around and who, who gave a shit, you know? And then, so I went to Adelaide this year being like, dude, I'm just gonna go with nothing this time, okay. you know? And I'm gonna set some rules. I'm not gonna speak because I found in the other show, you know, in the first show, first one hour show I did, I didn't talk for the first 25, 30 minutes. Second one, which was last year, I didn't talk for the first 45 minutes. Okay. And then so I'm like, fuck it, dude, I'll just set a rule. I won't talk at all, sure. you know? And I won't have any props because I would always have props. So those were my two main, main wow. rules. I'm gonna build yeah. a show from nothing, from yeah. scratch. Yeah. You know, start day one, one hour with nothing and just go up there and see if I can make him laugh with nothing. And then I also had some other rules like no lighting, no music, no nudity, no sexual references, no audience participation, just to make it challenging to how can I make these guys laugh with nothing, without saying anything, without any props to help me, just me, you know, pure, just going for the purity. And fucking first night in in Adelaide, I get there at nine o'clock in the morning from here and I have my first show at night, you know, I'm sleeping all day, mm-hmm. nine o'clock at night, walk up just with a burqa. Okay. I just had the costume of a burqa. I was like, I mean, I burqa, nothing else. Yeah. I can't do anything. I had to follow these rules. And um, every night just died, 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 but was searching, always searching. And I found little moments every night, you know, and then I put those and I developed those moments every night. And then for the 45 minutes, I didn't have anything. And I'd be searching and looking and just having impulses and mostly it would die, you know. But I found little moments of gold every night. Okay. Following the rules, you know, staying up optimistic. And many times I was like, fuck, ugh. But no, I had to be optimistic, yeah. you know? And I had to remember, I was like, dude, tonight, man, I was like dying and I, I let myself sink. And tomorrow, even if it's dying, dude, just stay optimistic, Phil. Yeah. You know, yeah. stay optimistic. You have to do that. And, but stay sensitive and feel if it's working or sure. not. And then, yeah, man, three weeks later, I, I put all the gold pieces together and started playing around and developing them and seeing how they could overlap. And then I broke, and then suddenly I grabbed something from the audience and the whole show came to, to, together sure. then. And, um, and then I added some music and I added some light, sure, but this is after sure. I had three weeks of just purity, you know, but I still didn't talk and I still had no props. Mm. And so I, uh, yeah. So so basically, I developed it from nothing, you know, and that's how I wanted to, to work. And that was because it was more exciting. It was just more mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Holy shit. Yeah. What, a, what, an ex- what an existence. What a way to work. I don't know of anyone that works like that. You've, you've, I mean, do you feel that? Do you feel that you've kind of 
that you're onto something that no one else is doing, certainly on this circuit. I mean, do, do, you, do you see yourself in the context of other people who clown, other like those, the company that you saw before, or other clown companies yeah, that man. visit festivals? Do you, do you feel a part of that community? Yeah, and totally. Do you, do I'm you... so inspired by, by them, you know? Like, sure. all of the work I do as a clown is inspired by all these other clowns yeah. that I've seen. I'm stealing everything from sure. them, you know? Sure, sure. And do you know, I mean, do they have similar approaches to working? Or, like, do they ever go I out don't know. nothing? Have I don't know. Have explored that? I, d- I don't okay. know whether... I think it's more rehearsed, you know? Sure. But even my show now is like, I've done it every night, so I pretty much rehearsed it yeah. 60 times, you know, because I've done it yeah, every night the same. Yeah, of course, So, but it's always with an so, audience. It's never in my room alone, you know. Sure. Like, I need the audience for this work. I just wonder if what makes you so unique in this in this context is is that your the clowning background, plus, I didn't realise until very recently, someone told me at, at your workshops, that you had done the stand-up circuit, that you'd done the open spot circuit. Yeah, that's how so I So taking developed. someone yeah. from that background, yeah. sort of squeezing them, you know, frustrating them by trapping them in this kind of tube of, there we go, you've yeah. got five minutes next to 40 yeah, other guys. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's, the, that was the, that's the, the reactor that that happened inside, you know? That, yeah. That, that is born of a frustration, that you made these rules, you, put, you imposed these rules on yourself yeah. so as to find the excitement in something in, in a frustrating that was so boring yeah 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 exactly yeah yeah a little bit you know like because i'd see people and be like that's so bad if only you just did that with it you know yeah. and if only you did that with it and i'd be like fine i'm just gonna do that then yeah you know like you came on and and you spilled your beer and everyone laughed but you tried to cover it up some, somehow you know where i was like dude i'll just go on there and fucking spill beer everywhere yeah you know yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and pretend like it's an accident and sure yeah so yeah, it's basically, dude. I I also did this last show, starting from for nothing, because I would have this exercise in the workshop, you know, which you you did, yes, where yes. like three bangs and you're off. Yes, yeah, you know? yeah. And so you just come on with nothing, and and you have to find something. So I was telling everyone else to do that. So I was like, "Fuck, man, I gotta do that too." Yeah, you know, I gotta sure, sure. and see if it actually works. Yeah, you know, and I think it does. It does work. Yeah, uh, but so. This approach to the work, you know, and I'm doing more workshops and I want to do more workshops. I just want to get everyone to fucking chill the fuck out, you know? <laughs> yeah, okay. And, and ultimately it's about that. And, you know, I don't even want to be like, hey, everyone chill out, you know, because then I'm coming sure, with like a sure. message or something too much. Sure. So I don't care. I'm happy to walk away from all of this. But these st- the stand-ups that are coming to your groups, whether they're stand-ups or sketch people or whoever, yeah. you're trying to unrepress them. Yeah. Do you mean? Is yeah, that, totally. Yeah. You need to find, the, find their pure joy again. Sure. You know, to be an idiot, to be playful, to be a child, whatever, to be like you yeah. were when you were just happy to be an idiot with your friends. Yeah. Not needing to impress. And I'm sure some of them will be coming to it thinking, if I can add this skill to my skill yeah. set, then yeah. I will be more successful and yeah. be able to succeed more. Yeah. And I guess for you, the, the, the challenge is having to take that and go, no, stop. Yeah. Undo all this. Yeah. Find find actually this because you you can't pretend to be a clown. You can pretend to be a stand up. Yeah, but someone yeah. can't pretend to. No, clown. no, no, no. You you can still bring it into your work, you know, and use it to achieve better success. Yeah, you can still have that element, but you. So you're always going to be thinking, how am I going to make a living as this? You know, that's yeah. okay to have that. You know, but but the real driving force underneath everything that you do has to be, I think. The pure joy to be an idiot, you know, and to be silly and to share it with the, with the people, the fun to do that. Yeah. And then on top of that is, okay, how do I make money, you know, how do I, I got to sell this thing, da, da, da. But right now, all the selling and making money is taking, is suffocating the pure joy 
of of being human, you know, and just and being a piece of shit. It's cool. We're we're free. We don't, we don't all have to be su- successful, you know. Um, yeah. So thanks, man. Yeah. Is that it? Are we done? That's, I Is think that that's it. Well, that's an hour. Yeah. Oh, shit, man. I, I'm sorry. No, not at all. That was that's absolutely great. Really. I know it's funny, man. It's why it's so inspiring. But every time I yeah. hear myself go, oh, it's really inspiring. I feel like I'm this kind of radio DJ guy. But no, that, that's okay. But I also don't want to come and say, like, this is how you should do it. You know, this is what everyone should get on, on this road. Sure. But I think it's more chilled out, this road, you know? And yeah. it's more conducive to yeah. love and humanity and the brotherhood and community, you know, which yeah. we can live more as that. We don't have to live so egotistically. Yeah. Um, I'm more interested in, in our lives and being human in that way, you know, yeah. not in achieving and getting better and putting everyone else down, you know. Tell, tell me then, in the last couple of minutes we've got, I've got Ooh. a little timer that's going to go off in three minutes. I've got to run away. Yeah, yeah. And you, we mentioned your uh, the, those blaps that you did for TV. Yeah. And I was saying that I think I've said before and I've said to other people, I'm sure, that I think they're an incredible synthesis of your, they're an incredible translation of what you do yeah. to a TV environment yeah how did they feel to do did you feel like that were you did you feel you were given the freedom that you needed to fail yeah totally were, I mean were they stand, and they must well, have been they the, must have been standing there going well yeah. time is money and, and television is horrible for that you know yeah. but I'm only interested in pursuing it if it can allow that kind of freedom and if it can't I don't want to do it okay but I will only do it on those those terms you know, it's like, okay. who cares, man? Like, not, let's not have a big set. Okay, now action. I'll get it right. Be funny. Turn on turn on the comedy now. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, that, that kills the comedy. You know, it kills the spirit of fun, yeah. you know, and freedom and all that, which is ultimately what you want to give and what, what people want also. It's a free, it's to free ourselves more, this work. You know, any kind of performance or art is to free us as a species, you know, <laughs> but without getting too deep about it. But... Um, yeah, so I will only pursue television as long as it is conducive to this philosophy, you know, or this yes. approach. Um, and if it isn't, I'm cool, man. You know, I'm actually really getting a lot of satisfaction giving workshops, you know, and yeah. helping people in that way. And or I go back home, I teach Spanish or something, or you know, go help some friend build a boat. And I don't know, it's cool, you know. Yeah. And I will always, hopefully, stay playful with the people around me. It's more important to be playful and, and joyful in the 23 hours you're off stage than in that one hour you're on stage, you know? And, yeah, and it can be difficult to remember that in this industry. But, yeah, I I just want to say one thing quick. So this year, you know, not to boast, but I was lucky enough to have my show done in May, right? In Melbourne Comedy Festival. So I just toured festivals, you know, chilled out, little hippie festivals, took a week off before Edinburgh to go be with family, play with my Mm -hmm. nephews, Mm -hmm. uh, and have a chilled out, relaxed vibe, a loving, you know, family Mm -hmm. and playful with them, and then bring that spirit into Edinburgh. As opposed to the, fuck, dude, previews. Yeah, no, yeah, okay, yeah. go. Now this show's going to be fucking great. I'm going to do it. And these mm-hmm. guys are going to come. And I hope the right people come. And, uh, and bringing that. No, like, just go chill out. Have a good time with your buddies, with your life, mm-hmm. you know, with the sunshine or the trees, whatever. And then, or whatever way you fill your spirit with, you know. Yeah. And then go there. And if it happens, it happens. You know, it's not going to happen because you want it to happen. But you're, sure. but you're being led by your joy your pure joy and pleasure to play with and share your play with people you know thanks so, yeah. yeah man thank you yeah thanks that's that's that was a handshake that's it you heard that yeah <laughs> so that was phil i'm definitely going to meet him again 
there's so much to talk about that we didn't have time to cover. And uh, I think next time we meet, we sort of we said at the end of that chat that um, we'd maybe try it again in a year or sort of after the next big thing has happened and see where he is then. He's obviously at a certain point in a cycle at the moment where he's uh, he's kind of, you know, going into a, a break after huge success, obviously after lots of work. Um, so next time we meet, I'll ask for your questions for him as well, because I know we covered some quite provocative ground there and I'll be fascinated to get your feedback on that interview. Certainly if you're a stand-up, I know it, Phil comes across as... Is feeling a lot of frustration about stand-up, and I think that's that's an interesting conversation that we can we can have more about. Next week is a week off for Christmas. I'm sorry, Tom from Pappies. I told you drunkenly at your birthday the other weekend that I was going to release Pappies in time for Christmas. I think I'm going to have a week off uh, pod work. Um, I'm really desperate to release that the live show that we did with Pappies. That will be out though on the second of January. It, it's just an absolute blinder, hilarious, start to finish. Really enjoyed that and fascinating stuff as well. So have a great Christmas, everybody. Uh, this is this is my first my first comedian's comedian where i'm i'm wishing people a, a seasonal thing have a great christmas how wonderful uh remember tickets on the website comedianscomedian.com for james acaster doing a special live comcom show on wednesday the 6th of february have a great christmas happy new year back soon with pappies bye-bye <laughs>of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details